Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. gentlemen welcome in to another episode of two peas on a podcast gerald is here with you of course and as always thank you so much for joining us we have another fun countdown and fun banter for you this week this was actually a topic that was selected by one of our patrons which of course are the lifeblood of this show and they keep it going without their contributions i probably would not still be doing this so whenever they have a topic for me i do everything i can to make it happen And I tried to get a guest that I thought would have a lot of fun with this topic. And, you know, we were brainstorming online and kind of trying to decide the parameters. So I guess maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But you know this guy, he's been on quite a few times. And I had his cohort on just a few weeks ago. Wayne from The Countdown was on and we did Tom Cruise movies, which which was a lot of fun. And I always love when Paul comes back. So Paul's here from The Countdown movie and TV reviews. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, Gerald. Hello, two peers. It's, uh... Is that right? Is that so? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're the other P. I don't think I told you. You're the other P okay. on the pod, so you're a P today, man. I don't know if you're okay you with call that. call them loyals, but I like to think of your listeners as two P's. That works. That <laughs> works for me. <laughs> I like that too, actually. That's pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's great. It's always good fun to talk films with you, Gerald, and, and today's no exception. This list posed a bit more of a yeah. conundrum than the average or, or normal list did as we tried to work out how it would work, yeah. work to be. Uh, a bit bit more complex than just Tom Cruise films. So <laughs> right, right. I probably to, good that you left that one for me. <laughs> I had to have Wayne on for the layup, you know what I mean? So I had to get you in yep. here for the more complex <laughs> issue, you know. Uh, but thank you, Michelle, first of all. So Michelle's a patron of the show. She has been for quite a while. And this is the second countdown that she's come up with. And this one was fun. So why don't you tell everyone real quick? So what is the countdown that we're doing today, Paul? Well, if I've got this right, it's top college set movies. That's exactly right. That's how I'm going to phrase it. Okay, good. And I'll see what you... I mean, obviously, don't give any titles away, and we'll get into that here in in a minute. But generally speaking, you know, I... Because I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about it as some of the titles start to unfold here. But, you know, for me, a college film could be any... It doesn't necessarily have to be on the campus, um, and I'll talk a little bit about what I mean when, when that comes up. But what about you? Oh, I mean, how did that you... right, Gerald? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did... You... I mean, for me, it was just like, is... You know, and I didn't, of course, didn't like time it or whatever, but is the majority of the film on campus? And those those oh, are the ones yeah. that made my list. So how about you? Let's be honest. Uh, there's very few films out there where the entire film happens just on a campus. So right. I think that's fair. As long as... as I would say the vast majority in, in all, eh, maybe looking at one of my lists, there's not the vast majority, it's most of, or a good proportion of, so yeah, yeah I guess it also depends, are you counting fraternities, hopefully we are, because they're obviously on campus, yes. they're not necessarily in the college door, we or, are. or rooms, or lecture theatres, good. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we are. Real, real trouble. So yeah, yeah, most of mine felt definitely, in fact, all of mine fit definitely into the majority of the film, the vast majority being 
in that way. Now, we'll do the suggestion box at the end like we always do. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those I saw were, you know, comedies. Uh, is that because con- I guess college movie, it's almost by default going to be a ton of comedies. Was that what you ran into as well? Well, yeah, initially that's what I thought it was all going to be. But then with a little bit of inventiveness and a, and a fair bit degree of determination, I've managed to, <laughs> to slide in some other genres that I think speak more about me. <laughs> nice. Well, I love that, brother. And uh, I love when you come on, Paul. I mean, obviously, you do a countdown show, pretty similar. And uh, you do this yep. week after week after week. So I know I can count on you to bring the heat, man. So <laughs> I appreciate you being here. And again, thank you thank so you. much to Michelle for coming up with this topic. So we're going to do our Thanks, top. Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do our top five college set movies. So movies that take place predominantly on a college campus or thereabouts. Uh, we'll see what we do here, Paul. I, I think I know you pretty well, and I think we might be looking at a couple crossover on this list, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I could be surprised. I'll I guarantee know. you I've got one real hard turn right that no one's going to expect. Oh, exciting. I like that. Okay. I like that. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. All right, man. So if you're ready, you're the guest, Paul. Yeah. You're the other P on the pod this week. I'm going to let you get us started, man. So what is your number five college set film? All right. Well, prepare yourselves, two peers, because I'm about to make two very big statements, having just said what I said. The first is, this is my comedy that where it is. So I do lead off my list with a comedy. The second is, there are no more comedies on my list. So wow. this is as good as okay. college set comedies get for me. And I'm talking about 2014's Nicholas Stoller, Gem, Neighbours, or as I believe it was called in your world, Bad Neighbours. Okay, Bad Neighbours. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne versus Zac Efron and Dave Franco, <laughs> basically. And it's a film which right. does this really good job of straddling both sides of the fence here when basically Seth Rogen and, and Rose Byrne buy a, or rent a house, buy, they buy a house mm-hmm. next to a fraternity on a campus uh, because it's cheap and they find out why it's cheap because Zac Efron and his cronies just cause trouble all the time. Except to be fair to Zac Efron and his cronies, they were there first right. and you know what you're in for if you move into next to a fraternity. So it becomes this battle of wills as they both try to one-up each other uh, in a series of fairly amusing and comedic ways Uh, and I have a lot of fun with this movie Uh, Ike Barinholtz has a pretty good uh, side character role in this movie as well Mm. and just if you can look past Gerald I know you've got a couple of young Mm -hmm. kids one in particular uh, just just turned one a little while ago Mm -hmm. if you can look past the fact that somehow (laughs) Seth and Rose have a baby monitor that can go right next door and give you perfect clarity then this film is is pretty damn funny and leaving a baby in the house to go basically party for God knows how long yeah Uh, yeah, that's actually funny that you mentioned that because when my wife and I watched this at home a few years ago that was like the first thing she said she's like are they fucking serious like no (laughs) that's exactly the conversation my fiance and I had (laughs) you know uh, so you have to suspend that disbelief, obviously, but at least they kind of addressed it because, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, you'll be watching TV shows or movies and you'll be like, where are the kids? <laughs> you know, who's watching the kids? Yeah. Uh, so at least they kind of addressed it in that scene. Oh, hey. Hello, are you Mac? Uh, yeah, what's happening? You caught about your neighbors? No. No. I have a call. It's from Mac Radner. That's you. Right? You... How do you have that information? We have call ID. We're cops. 
Everybody has call ID. Okay. You're Mac Radner. I'm, okay, yes. You called us. Okay, I Why called Why did you the, call us? I called the cops because you were being noisy, man, and I tried to get you to stop, and you wouldn't stop. They won't stop partying, officer. We're you know how it is. We got a baby. Max working we in We got morning. jobs. Just... They were at the party with us just last night. You party with this kid? We don't party with them. We shouldn't yeah. be in trouble. We, we have a baby. Wrong. We are we're parents. Well, then what do you call these? I'm too fucked up! Well, it looks like you guys were partying with it. We partied pretty heavy. That is a, that's a joke, Photo. It's a joke. That's a joke. That's not a good joke. Okay, you know what? Let's end this. I'm sorry. I rescind the complaint. You can go. No noise complaint. You know the boy cried wolf. You're that boy. Okay, I cried wolf. Never call us again. Never call you again. You're the fucking police. Yeah, uh, this is a good one, man. You know, what I love about this one is I love Zac Efron because he, you don't expect him to be as funny as he is. And he's hilarious mm. in this. I remember the De Niro impression in this movie that he did. Um, Gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good pick, man. Neighbors is your number five. Thanks. And that's your only Thanks. comedy, huh? That is, I guarantee you, my only comedy. Wow. Well, there's a, there's a mixture of a comedy and another genre in there coming up too. Wow. Okay. Well, my number five uh, is, I mean, it's probably, I guess you could, you know, rightfully call it a horror comedy, um, but it's a horror movie at its core, and it's pretty recent. There was also a sequel that I enjoyed as well, but I love the original uh-huh. uh, a little bit more. But my number five is from 2017. It's Happy Death Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice one. It's on my honorable mentions. Okay, cool. Yeah, Jessica Roth, uh, I love her. I mean, she is just a queen. I just love everything I've seen her in. And she really carries this movie, man. I mean, she's kind of this... This darling sweetheart who is kind of um, kind of a mischievous, like kind of pushing against the grain. You know, she kind of has a chip on her shoulder. And then she has to go yep. through this kind of Groundhog Day-esque horror trope throughout the whole movie. And it's tough to pull off that Groundhog Day thing. You know, me and Wayne talked about that in the Tom Cruise flick Edge of Tomorrow yeah. as well. And yep. I feel like they do it to great effect here. And there are scary moments in the film with the killer in the film and he's stalking her. And you know the trope, so you know she's going to probably get out of that scenario, but then have to do it all over again. And it's also kind of a whodunit, because she's trying to figure out the mystery as she's going through living this this day over and over again. Um, and she carries it. You know, if it was not an actress that I that I didn't like as much as I like her, I don't know that it would have worked as well. Um, but I thought it was yeah. great. So, and I, like I said, I enjoyed the sequel, too. I don't like it as much as this one, but that's, that's my number five. And you were talking about comedy. I'll let you talk about Happy Death Day real quick, but also uh, this is not the last mention of horror on my list, which I didn't expect. Nor mine. Okay, all right. (laughs) I didn't expect to get a lot of horror options in this category, but I did. So what do you think of Happy Death Day, man? Yeah, I like it. I don't love it. I think it's probably fair to say this list of films for me is a little thin. Like the ones that are at the top of my list, I really, really love. And there's one that I've come to enjoy a great deal more than I used to. But as we get to the bottom of my list, I I was really struggling to kind of go, yeah, that was good. Yeah. It wasn't great. Right. And I think probably right around this point where this one exists on my list is the point where I'd have some trouble recommending it to some people, whereas the top six on my list, because this is actually my number seven, no problem at all. I recommend this as long as you're into any of these genres, 100% have a shot at them. Uh, This one, yeah, this is, it's good. It's just no, it's no Groundhog Day, which I'm not the biggest lover of. It's certainly no Edge of Tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. I found it was a little bit lacking in terms of uh, it kind of wanted to have its cake and eat it too. Ha, no pun intended. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. It's uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't bloodthirsty at all, really. And you knew you weren't really playing for many stakes because, of course, everything resets and, and off she goes again on the next day. So uh, I, I wish I had gone a little bit harder for the horror or lent a little bit more heavily into the comedy. I kind of got a little bit lost between the two, just for mine. But as yeah. I said, it's my seven, so it's on my list. Good, to, good pick. And uh, I've, I've heard on a recent episode that you and Wayne did, I don't remember how long ago it was and I don't remember what the countdown was, but you mentioned that you did yourself a screenplay called Death Day or something, right? <laughs> did you do that? Yeah. And uh, when you I saw did. when you saw this movie, were you like, "Wait a second, <laughs> that's my title"? No, oh. it's actually, believe it or not, there's a really shitty. Actually, it might count as well. Uh, I think they're college students. It's called it was called Countdown last year. Uh-huh. Did you see? That oh, movie? I did see that. You know what? And I was gonna hit you up because I saw your letterbox rating of that. I actually enjoyed yep. that. I actually like. Oh, I know. I know. Don't be mad at me. I actually had kind of mindless fun with that. I mean, it wasn't a good movie. You know, I think I gave it like two and a half or something. I mean, it wasn't. No, it, well, that's fine. It wasn't a good movie, but I enjoyed my. Like, I thought I was going to be like just in in pain watching it, um, but I kind of dug it a little bit. Uh, you know, some of the things that happened in there and certain scenes kind of carried it for me. But it's not well, a it's not a good movie though. No. But go ahead, tell your story. I know I know the story. That but film, tell that film, pretty much directly rips off my short story. Mm-hmm. Except I wrote the short story before such things as iPhones and apps happened. So yeah. it's an app that basically predicts your death, and then you get killed by the supernatural thing in Countdown. In my story, it was a program on a desktop, which if you entered all your details in, would predict your death. And in my story, the protagonist. Uh, the guy he, he serves him in the shop basically shows him his death day, which is right then and there, mm-hmm. and he proceeds to go mental, and the guy kills him in self defense. Yeah, and then because he's traumatized, you know, a few days, weeks later, whatever it is, he enters in his death date, and it turns out to be later that night, and he actually survives past the predicted death day, death moment, if you will, because it gives it right down to the second. Yeah, and then he then he has this fall, and he kills himself pales himself on a knife type thing because he's got a knife in his hand because he's ready to fight whoever's going to come and try and kill him and then the death program uh, reboots itself and apologizes for the error end of story oh okay I like that by the way spoilers what if you ever make that now now I know (laughs) but that's okay Uh, no, yeah. I'm not sure anyone's making a desktop version of that movie anymore. But what? Was, yeah, get Sandra Bullock from the net to be in it. What did you? <laughs> what did you title it? It was Death Day, though, right? Or it was called Death Day. Death yeah. Day. There you go. Yeah. So uh, I, I remember you guys talking about that on a previous episode pretty recently. So anyway, uh, sorry to get off on a little thing there, but yeah, I, sorry, I, I lo- no, I love when you have you know kind of weird connections to to movies and stuff like that, though. So I wanted you to mention it. But that's my number five. Happy Death Day, and that swings us over to you, Paul, for your four. All righty. Well, my, my number four is a film which I holds a very strong place of nostalgia in my soul. It goes all the way back to the mid-80s, 1986. And although his name is a little bit mud these days in some circles after he co-wrote the more, most recent Predator film, this is from Fred Decker, and it's a film called Night of the Creeps. Oh, good one. Oh, man, I didn't think about this one. Holy shit. This is my hard right turn in terms of the, the list today. Yeah, but I could see that. Yeah, I love this movie, but go ahead. Yeah, so it's basically a, a film about uh, in set in the mid-80s on a college campus and a couple of, of mates effectively get involved, well, come on the scene of this alien creature, which they... Uh, they're worms that effectively jump into people, take them over, the corpses over, and turn them into zombies, and then try to propagate by spreading more worms into more people and the like. So, 
Uh, it stars Tom Atkins in a in a great role. He's a he's a pretty cool cult actor, and he has some great lines in this particular movie. <laughs> a, a lot of great lines. Yeah, there's just so many great workable moments. It's really short. It's really to the point. It's like 88 minutes long. It's just a hell of a lot of fun, and it's stupid campy horror along with some pretty good gore sure yeah. not 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 like over the top gore nothing like r-rate i think pretty sure this is sort of a, or r-rated for you but probably for us just an m-rated film but i love the shit out of it when i was young didn't make any kind of hit it was a real cult film so probably most people won't have heard about it but gotta be true to yourself in these lists gerald gotta, sure. gotta go with what's in your heart absolutely man this is an 80s classic brother i didn't think about it it didn't jump to front of mind for this particular list but i can see it and i'm thrilled hey see what i did there i'm thrilled that you <laughs> that you picked thrill it. me <laughs> Thrilled that you picked nice. it, man. So that's your number four, Night of the Creeps. Good pick, man. So Thank we were you. so we were talking about college comedies at the at the outset of this list, and you've only you've already mentioned yours. Well, I've got three in a row here, so I've got to run. Oh damn! All right, got, let's see if any of them make my honorables. I've got to run on what would be considered college comedies, but they all do take place predominantly on campus. So my number four is a film that would not play as well today, and you know you, that often gets said when you talk about Soul movies. Man. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Not Sorry, that, that's really bad. Not that, that bad. That was a joke. I apologize. That was a joke, and I got it. But no, it's yeah. not that one. Um, but you know that often is mentioned when you talk about movies from like the eighties or nineties, because obviously uh, it was just a different kind of society and environment back then. And you could get away with a lot more things, frankly, is the easiest way For to sure. put it. 100%. But this movie came out in 1994, and it's also ironic because the name of the movie is PCU. Have you ever seen PCU? Yeah. Is it called PCU Pit Party or just PCU? Oh, in Australia it might be because the pit is yeah. a um, I'm gonna look it up. A very prominent place in on campus called the pit. So it might be. Uh, but it's just called PCU in America, or uh, that I, I thought it was around the world it was PCU, but you could be right. But it's ironic because PCU, so Port Chester University is the school, which is a fictional college that it takes place on this campus. But it's also a play on words because it's for politically correct university. So, you know, the kind of shtick of the movie is that Jeremy Piven is the leader of kind of these you know, professional college students, for lack of a better way to put it. Like, they've been there for way too many years, and they just are living the college life, so they keep taking, you know, like one or two credits every semester to just keep going to school there, and they don't really want to move on to the next chapter of their life. Jeremy Piven, who I love from Entourage and a lot of other things, is really just at his comedic top here because he's... They just gave him free reign. They're like, dude, just just do your thing. You know, just make your quips and just be be you. You know, David Spade's in here is kind of like the villain in the movie. Uh, he's John Favreau. John Favreau is hilarious as gutter. Uh, have you ever seen PCU? Did you decide if you saw I it? I reckon I did, okay. but it's so long ago, I can't remember much about it. But yeah, apparently it was originally called PCU Pit Party, and then they changed it. What? Or only, maybe only here in Australia, because I'm looking at the... At the uh, poster here uh-huh. it says PCU pit party it's got an m and we you don't have an m over there we only have it here so yeah yeah it could be because like i said the pit is like a kind of a prominent place that they kind of hang out at uh in the story yeah. and on campus but yeah jake Busey, man i mean is in here uh gary Busey, son obviously but one of my favorite scenes i'll just mention real quick <laughs> that i just get it correct that i use to this day uh well maybe not so much with covid but <laughs> that i used prior to covid so there's a scene where they're going to see this band on campus 
and I can't remember the name of the band, forgive me, it's a fictional band, uh, which by the way, I, I should mention real quick, George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic is in this movie. They have a cameo and they're actually in the movie and they actually play a concert in the final scene of the movie at the pit, uh, which I thought was really cool too, that they were able to land such a huge kind of historic, uh, you know, Funkadelic band like that. But anyway, uh, they're going to see this band in the early part of the movie and John Favreau's got on the t-shirt of the band they're going to see and Jeremy Piven stops him and he goes, wait, dude, gutter. Don't be that guy. Don't yeah, be the okay. don't be the guy but, yeah. that wears the shirt of the band you're going to see to see the band. You know what I mean? And I, I still do that. I got that from this movie. So when me and my sister <laughs> used to go to concerts, I'd be, I used to be like, I can't wear this, you know, X Y Z shirt because I'm going to see them. You know, so uh, that's a really cool um, kind of like one off scene that I remember from this movie. But it's um it's fun. You know, it doesn't play quite as well, which is ironic because it's based on political correctness. <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> but I still get a kick out of it. So PCU would be my number four. Oh, okay. And uh, that leads us over to you, man. What do you got over there at your three, Paul? Well, my, my three is going to get a little bit of a cheer from epic film guy Nick because I was pretty... Uh, I was middling on this film when I first watched it. Didn't think it was all that special. And then he made me sit down and watch it for a bit of a series that we have going on between our two Patreon uh, feeds, which we call it, or both of us call it EFG, Nick and I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And this is The Social Network from 2010, a film which... I'm going to call you out, but go ahead. I'm proud of you. It's not well, it is, uh, but I this would be my number one, irrefutably, and it's not on oh, my. I was surprised when you said no, no, no comedy, three comedies in a row, yeah, it's, and a horror. Uh, it's no, it's I don't know, man. Like I, it, it was on my list, and then I started like, and I know reckon that, it's a bit more than fifty percent off. I thought it was mostly on the campus, mostly no. around there. You can absolutely, no? you can absolutely get away with it. I mean, I, I don't know because I'm not sitting there recording minutes that they spend on. Neither <laughs> <Yeah>. am I. <laughs> There's certainly scenes that are obviously there's scenes in the city and there's scenes later on in the film when when they have graduated, uh, but certainly the first two thirds is largely there. Even even around the rowing regatta and whatever, I still consider that to be part of the whole campus thing. I mean, you could absolutely make a case for Social Network, and I'm glad that you are. You know, so don't take that the wrong way. I just took it off of my list because I sure. felt like. I felt like once they move past the Harvard and they go out to California, that a lot of it is in Silicon Valley and a lot of it is out there. But they do often have flashbacks to the campus. So the campus is featured throughout the movie. And I am absolutely kind of like Nick is, like you said, thrilled that you're mentioning it because I absolutely love this movie. And had I included it, it probably would have been my one or two. So Yeah, and I think a lot of people would would have had it that high. It's not quite that good for me the two that are above it i like more for the various reasons i will i will get into but uh, okay i totally understand and and mm-hmm. i'm not going to argue too hard uh, I'm, I'm glad in fact i'm good it's good more films we discuss the better sure, yeah. it's being backed up and, and saying the same films the whole way sure and you know it's interesting too because i thought that you and i mentioned this um i want to say because we did our movies of the decade and it was my number one or two and i feel like you said that you weren't in love with it and then you kind of came around to it is that right it grew yeah, on you a little bit of, because of this reviewing that or re literally reviewing it and then reviewing it afterwards so i enjoyed the second watch way more than the first watch where i was just like eh it's just a college film yeah you know how interesting is is the development of facebook it's not really so much about that as it is a character study of someone who uh, is probably generously on the spectrum and if not is a complete raving lunatic who would throw <laughs> right. anyone under the bus to make money. Right. And I think as much as people accuse me of not liking Jesse Eisenberg, I think in this film he is phenomenal and perfectly cast. 
Yeah. So and Andrew uh, Andrew Garfield's also very very good in this movie too. So oh, I agree, yeah. man. Garfield's performance his career, in my opinion. He was nominated for supporting actor for that, and I thought he should have won it that year. I can't remember who did, but uh, yeah, just tremendous. I mean, the scene when he comes in and says he's gonna he's coming back for everything. Yeah. Uh, literally, that's a scene that I get chills every time I see it, and I've seen it probably ten times. You signed the papers. You set me up. You're going to blame me because you were the business head of the company and you made a bad business deal with your own company. It's going to be like I'm not a part of Facebook. It won't be like you're not a part of Facebook. You're not a part of Facebook. My name's on the masthead. You might want to check again. It's because I froze the account? You think we were going to let you parade around in your ridiculous suits pretending you were running this company? Sorry, my Prada's at the cleaners! Along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag! Security's here. You'll be leaving now? I'm not signing those papers. We will get the signature. Tell me this isn't about me getting into the Phoenix. You, you did it. I knew you did it. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? You had me accused of animal cruelty. Seriously, what the hell's the chicken? And I'll bet what you hated the most is that they identified me as a co-founder of Facebook, which I am. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Uh, just the acting in that. And if you take yourself now, of course, as is with a lot of scenarios, I'm sure they heightened it up for cinematic value. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yep. if you put yourself in that scenario and what was on the line, I mean, look at Facebook. I mean, billions, a billion dollar business, you know, and what was on the line there and just the, the kind of uh, I mean, just the stakes were so high, you know, and he's like, you know, you're trying to shut me out. And then you also have a friendship that's kind of vanishing, you know, too, in that moment. Yeah, so. it's sad in that way. Yeah. But it's all it's all encapsulated in that first scene where the way he's treating his then girlfriend and, and how she responds mm-hmm. and then just dumps him in. He, which, of course, is the catalyst for Facebook in its earliest iteration. But yep. even that's fascinating as a, as a character study. And then, of course, the, the screenplay by Sorkin. It's, oh, yeah. Fincher. I don't find his dialogue realistic, but it is entertaining as hell. Right. I agree. I agree. And we talked about that. Actually, me and Wayne talked about that, too. And we talked about a few good men because he wrote that script as well, where it's mm. like it doesn't sound like real life conversations, but it plays so well for like, you know, movie value <laughs> when, yeah. when Sorkin gets involved with the pen there. So. All right. So I'm, I'm thrilled, man. Social Network. I'm glad I got a mention um, on today's show. Nice. So. So my number three is more college kind of dick humor. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And you were talking about perfectly cast. This dude was perfect for this role. The titular role, but it's Van Wilder from 2002. Oh, gross. Starring, (laughs) yeah, it is gross, right? Starring Mr. Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I feel like Ryan Reynolds is just getting an opportunity to just be himself here and just kind of be Deadpool, like, you know, 15 years before Deadpool uh, without the costume on. You know what I mean? So... It's just a lot of dick jokes and a lot of kind of gross out humor, like you mentioned. Uh, but it's so much fun, right? I mean, I know you've seen this. But what do you think of Van Wilder? Yeah, I, again, not one of those films which at the time I laughed and I laughed a bit and it kind of disappeared out of my mind. But I will never forget the uh, donut joke. Yeah, you talk about with the dog <laughs> semen, right? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, so I could see that, Paul. I mean, <laughs> that scene is uh, an acquired taste. You see what I did there? It's an acquired taste. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, that's feeling very ginger. That is, uh, you know, gross out humor, dick humor. Uh, Tara Reed is literally a wooden robot in this movie. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, Ryan Reynolds at the height of his comedic 
I mean, right? He's just is a comedic genius in this movie, in my opinion. I feel like I feel like this movie was made for him. The dialogue in this film. I'm a big two two guys and a girl fan. Like dug the shit out of that show in the in the '90s. So even before Deadpool and all these Hugh Jackman back and forths and the like, Ryan Reynolds was had a place in my heart. And I guess this film may have sort of turned that a little bit or sullied a little bit, <laughs> just because of how grossed out I was by it. But I guess that's what it was aiming to do. So a successful film it was. I've learned that you can't treat every situation as life and death matter because you'll die a lot of times write that down i I, I don't have a pencil well remember that then all right yeah so van wilder my number three and uh another you know what would be considered just a straight up college comedy my favorite line is that is when tara reed walks in on him when he's making out with the chick and uh you know ryan reynolds is chasing after her and she's like what is she a freshman and he goes hey hey she reads at a sophomore level I just love that. So I just wanted to end on that uh, note for Van Wilder. All right, man. So we're over to you. We're over to you. What's your runner up, Paul? All right. Look, I've, I've ummed and I've ahed and I've gone back and forth. I have to be honest, pretty much all day. Like I did no work today. I just sat here looking at these two films, which should be my number one and which should be my number two. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely not true in case anybody I work with somehow finds this um, because really I did a lot of work today. But <laughs> I I really have ummed it out about it. And I think I'm going to change my mind here at the last second and I'm going to put what was my number one into my number two place. Not because it's a worse film. Arguably, it's a better film. But which one would I watch again right now? I've had the two of them in front of me. Which one do I find more rewatchable? Which one do I fall? And more point, more enjoyable. Well, it's my number one. So my number two, great film, one of the most astounding films in terms of a topic I thought would be a big piece of shit, and yet it wowed me when I watched it. It is from 2014. It's Damien Chazelle's first film, Whiplash. Good one, man. Good one. I love this movie, as I think you know. I love Chazelle, period. Talk a little bit about why you picked this one, brother. Yeah, so it's set at a Schaefer Conservatory, and I wasn't sure. I was wondering whether someone might get a little bit pissy or someone might like, ah, that's not a, that's not a college, but I figured it's tertiary education. It's gone beyond high school. It's for specialists. It's kind of specialized college, if you will, so it was good enough, and it follows uh, Miles Teller playing Buddy. Oh, no, sorry, not Buddy. What's his name? Uh, Andrew, and he wants to be a world-class drummer, and he goes to this institute, and he confronts J.K. Simmons there, who is this tyrant of an instructor who who tells his students he wants to bring the absolute best out in them and will do whatever it takes to make that happen. And because Andrew is so talented, he sort of rises to the challenge and does better and better and better. But then eventually they cross paths too many times and have this huge falling out slash argument and then how it all plays out from there. And it's all about obsession. It's about perfection. It's about literally working your fingers to the bone, almost literally anyway, to achieve what you want to achieve and to try to win the respect of someone who you think you need. Uh, both of them are very good in this movie, but Simmons, Simons, J.K. Simons, I always think Simmons, Simons. I, I, say, I say Simmons, I say J.K. Simmons, but Sim- I could be wrong now that you're mentioning it. I don't know. Simmons uh, completely nails this role. I've never been more terrified of a teacher in my life, and I've had a couple of doozies, let me tell you. And more importantly, I think that final scene between the two of them, I've never been more electrified by a musical scene or a scene involving music in my life. It is tense, on the edge of your seat stuff, and it's about a performance. So hats off to Damien Chazelle, hats off to everybody involved in this movie, even Jason Blum, who's one of the producers, I have to give him his credit here. Uh, Whiplash is my number two. 
Yeah, well, great pick, Paul. I mean, Whiplash is obviously amazing. Uh, you know, we Thank just recent. Yeah, we just recently talked about Chazelle on your show because I came on and we talked about La La Land, which I know you're not nearly as as hot on that one. But I just love True. his style of filmmaking. I just love Chazelle's style of filmmaking. And in this one, um, you know, he has that really unique, vibrant um, kind of depiction of a lot of, of things. And in Whiplash, J.K. Simmons shines, brother. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolutely a masterful performance. So those two things are what I take away from Whiplash. Uh, is J.K. Simmons and Chazelle's direction, which I'm a sucker for anyway. But great pick, man. And I'm not going to fault you for putting that one on a college set list. Woo. I mean, I, I I didn't think of it much like much like Night of the Creeps. I didn't think of it, um, but it definitely fits the brief, in my opinion. And it's a great movie. I'm glad you're that it's getting some love on the show. So Whiplash is your runner up. It is indeed. So <laughs> you've got this really profound, uh, you know, dramatic film in Whiplash at your runner up. My. <laughs> My runner-up is keeping with the PCU Van Wilder motif. It is a juvenile uh, dick humor comedy, but it's one of my favorite comedians uh, from the old days, and it's an 80s movie that I love, and I've mentioned on this show before, but it's a movie called Back to School with Mr. Rodney Dangerfield. All right. Yeah, okay. Okay, right. Have you seen this? I think I saw it, but I I kind of discarded it because I assumed it was back to high school and not back to college. No, it's Back to college, and if you like Dangerfield and his like style of stand-up comedy, I mean, this is a showcase for him and kind of the, the one-liners that he's kind of known for delivering, you know? But basically, he his son is going to college and go, goes to college, and Thornton Mellon, played by Dangerfield, is this, like, CEO of this like clothing line so he's like a millionaire mm-hmm. and he never he never finished college he just was a working man that kind of you know made it big and he made his fortune kind of on his own hard work but you know he's always had this desire to have that college degree even though he doesn't really quote unquote need it and he also has a desire to be closer to his son because it's a it's a child through divorce and like whatever so he wants to kind of reconnect with his son. So long story short, he decides to enroll in the same college that his son got into. And he goes to school there. And he, you know, gets accepted. He goes to school there. And then, you know, it, it just kind of goes from there. You can kind of see where the comedic bits would come from. But Thornton Mellon is also known as kind of like this party dude. So he parties a lot more than than his son does. His son is on the swim team and is kind of, you know, kind of a nerd figure, if you will, like book smart kind of nerd guy. So he doesn't really party, whereas Thornton is there just to have a good time because he doesn't need it. I mean, let's be honest. He's a millionaire. He's in his 60s. Like, you know, he doesn't need to go to college. So he's just kind of making the best of it, which what <laughs> it would be what you would think the 18-year-old would be doing in this scenario. So it's kind of flipped on its head a little bit there. But a very young Robert Downey Jr. is also in this movie. Uh, he has a supporting role and plays yeah. the, son's, okay. uh, the son's best friend in it. But a lot of iconic scenes come from this movie particularly the triple Lindy, which is like the famous dive that Thornton created when he was in college, where he, I don't know if you're familiar with her, if it's bringing back any memories, but it's when it's played, played by Rodney Dangerfield, which is hilarious, but because uh, the editing is super funny where it just kind of shows like a cartoonish version, like it's obviously edited where he's behind a green screen or whatever. But, um, you know, he's diving and he what he does is he dives onto another diving board, does a somersault, dives onto another diving board, does a couple somersaults and then goes into the water. Uh, and he named it affectionately the Triple Lindy. So it's obviously this just outlandish dive that no human could really accomplish, <laughs> uh, which is the climax of this film. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this movie, man. So you don't remember if you've seen it or are you is it coming back to you? Mm, I, look, 
mid eighties. I might have been nine, ten years old, mm-hmm. so I might have watched it and just not appreciated what it was going for. But I definitely haven't seen it this millennium, so it's a hazy All right. memory banks. All right. Well, I would say, I mean, for college humor, it's it's my favorite. Obviously, I'm putting it at number two, and my number yeah, one is not high. is not considered a comedy. So. I love Back to School, and also from the time I saw it in my life, I was probably 11 or 12 when I saw it, and on VHS tape, we owned it, and I can remember my parents got a kick out of it too, so I always loved being able to connect with them on something, because that's not always the case. Kids aren't usually into whatever their parents are into. Very true. Um, But my dad loved Dangerfield's comedy, and so he loved when he had kind of this universal big big hit in the movie theaters which you know, Dangerfield was not a huge movie star. He was more known as a comedian, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, back to school, man. I'd say check it out, uh, for, especially if you're in the you know you're ever in the vibe for like an '80s comedy. Uh, throw on Back to School since you don't remember it or perhaps right. haven't seen it. All right, so. I'll take that under advisement. All right, so that's my runner-up, man. So we are. I'm done with the dick humor, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had a run there. I don't know if this is what Michelle was expecting for me when she gave me this list, but. <laughs> Uh, we're up to our number ones, man. So you got a good list going over there, a nice, well-rounded list. What is your number one college set movie, Paul? All right. Well, I wonder, Gerald, I wonder if it's the same as yours or you've gone in a different direction. I wonder if yours mm-hmm. is a horror because mine is a it horror. Is. Mm-hmm. Mine is a horror sequel and one of the it finest is. horror sequels that's ever been made. It picks up the story of one Sydney Prescott when she goes yeah. to college, Scream 2. Yeah, you know me, man. You know this is on my list, and I haven't <laughs> said it yet. I haven't mentioned it yet, so it's my number one as well. So, crossover, finally. Uh, there it but is. talk a little bit about Scream 2, and then I'll piggyback on you. Look, I think what's amazing about this film is they rushed it. Scream was such a surprise, big hit. It made squillions of dollars, and so they just rushed this one straight into production. They got, um, what's his name, the guy who wrote uh, Party of Five, Kevin Williamson, to, re- to write right. the mm-hmm. sequel. Wes Craven came back. All the cast who survived came back. And then they padded it out in a pretty spectacular way for a film in the late 90s. Everyone from Yada Pinkett at that stage, now Yada Pinkett Spit, uh, to Sarah Michelle Gellar, to Jerry O'Connell, Timothy Oliphant, you know, Liev Schreiber. There's some uh, pretty good characters, or I should say mm-hmm. actors in this film. So, er- everywhere you look, there's someone you know, and that, that alone's impressive. But then, I don't know why there's a backlash against this film, because it does exactly the same thing as Scream 1, mm-hmm. and ups the ante in terms of the body count, in terms of the gore. It's not as clever, because you kind of can see what's probably coming this time around after the first one. But right, sure. it still holds together spectacularly well. And this is the first film, one of the first two films I remember going to see at the cinema in the advent of the internet. So, I went home on my dial-up connection and did a deep dive on this movie, read all about it after I saw it because I was that impressed by it and found the script online and read about how the script had leaked online at that point in time. So, that mm-hmm. was against it as well and yet it still ended up being a big hit. I think this film's fantastic. It's entertaining. I watched it again last year during the movie watching challenge I was involved with and I still loved it again. So, it holds up and that's why it's here. And as I was saying against Whiplash, it's the one I would still rather watch if it came down to it. Which one's going to entertain me more? Which one I have more fun with? Scream 2. Which is the better film? Whiplash. There you go. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I could see that argument. You know, I, we, I just did the live stream for The Cure recently, and I went up to New York for that with, with Nick and the guys up there. And we did, I'm not sure if you were able to catch it, but we did a horror sequels countdown with Justin and Lois Sauce. Yep. And this was my number one horror sequel as well, uh, uh, which is saying a lot because there's, as I found out when I did that list, there's a ton of great horror sequels. But yeah, I mean, Here's the thing, man. You got Wes Craven behind the camera, obviously, for the original as well, and then here for the sequel a few years after the the original came out. And what you have to realize, guys, is that Scream was, the first one, was literally a revolution in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, like if uh, if you watch changer. any of the... 
Yeah, absolutely. If you watch any of those documentaries about, you know, the timeline of horror, Scream is on people's timeline as being one of the landscape changers of that genre. So now you have to come up with a sequel for that, right? So, of course, it's not going to be as groundbreaking as the original. But this is an amazing, amazing work, man. I mean, you have all these, well, not all, but you have most of the characters returning from the original Scream that we love. You have Wes Craven returning. You already already mentioned Kevin Williamson. A lot of the same tropes that were so successful in Scream were regurgitated here, but they were done in a very unique and inventive way by incorporating the stab uh, plot line, which is kind of the fake movie based on what happened in the first one. So it kind of pays homage to the first one, you know, having that stab storyline in there. And, you know, like you mentioned the opening scene with Jada Pickett-Smith, you know, at the time in 1997, she was an A-list actress, much like Drew Barrymore was in 94. So this is a similar trope that they that they played out there where the top billing uh, person is gone in the first 10 minutes of the movie, uh, which is something that obviously we know from the original screen with, with what happened to Drew Barrymore. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you on all. Every, you said it beautifully, man, and I don't think it was probably a surprise to you that this was on my list. Um, but it takes place at Woodsboro College. And the most of most of the movie is on the campus. By the way, I'll just end with this, which I also mentioned on that horror sequels episode. I don't know if you heard, but uh, one of the if actually I'm going to go ahead and say the best scene in any scream movie, in my opinion, is the scene in this movie when Sydney and her friend are trapped in the cop car with Ghostface behind the wheel, and they have to escape. Slide out past, yeah, yeah. They have to crawl over his lap while he's unconscious to escape the car. They turn around and he's gone. He's not behind the wheel anymore. Uh, just palpable tension. I mean, the, that scene takes like five minutes of them, like, you know, <laughs> methodically creeping out through the window and they have to crawl over his lap. I mean, just imagine, you know, that's the only way they can get out of the car is by exiting over his lap. So, yep. yeah, I, I love this movie, man. I mean, the twist didn't get me as much as the original. No, um, absolutely not. And, and it wimps out a little bit, this film, that like there's a couple of ridiculous resurrections for the dead in this movie. So it's not quite got the backbone of the first one either but mm-hmm. overall as far as sequels go it's geez it's hard to fault yeah come on man the scene with sarah michelle geller in the sorority house mm-hmm. uh just great man it's just a great movie it's a great sequel you know i don't think you or i are going to say it's better than the original but it is a it is a strong follow-up for sure so yeah and it takes place on a college campus so as soon as i heard this topic i was like oh well scream 2 is on my list uh it we was and it ended up set. at number one yeah, man. All right, brother. So we're going to wrap up with the fans uh, shout outs here in a moment. But before we do that, let's get some honorable mentions, Paul. What did you have that didn't make your top five? Okay. As I said, it was a little bit uh, thin on the ground. So I'll go you from my number 10 was Legally Blonde. Hey. Which is a film nice, I don't love, but it's, you know, it's a nice film. Okay. the <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, another film, which is fine. Uh, and surprisingly, it's another one of these, gro- well, not so much gross out, but inappropriate college comedies. Also featuring Jeremy Piven. Also featuring Will Ferrell. Old school, I had mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Number eight, I went for the Monsters University Inferior sequel, which is still oh, good. quite decent. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, Happy Death Day at number seven. And my number six, and this one pained me a little bit to leave off because it is a bit of a classic and uh, particularly rest in peace, Robin Williams. Goodwill Hunting was my number six. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another one similar to Social Network where mm-hmm. I was concerned about the length of time on, on campus. Okay. So I, I left it off. But Totally buy that one because I don't remember it well enough to be able to say, oh, definitely, whereas I haven't watched it in a long time. So, But, but goddamn, I love that movie, bro. Uh, and that movie is probably my top 10 of all time across oh. any genre. 
Damn. In fact, I, in fact, I sent that to you, and I feel like that was on the list I sent you, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so honorable mentions to round out my top 10. You mentioned a few of them, so I'm excited about that, but my number six would have been Legally Blonde. Uh-huh. I'm uh, I'm absolutely, I think you know this, but I'm absolutely infatuated with with Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Uh, with the exception of Taylor Swift, she is my like celebrity crush, uh, and I just love her. And this is obviously, you know, her kind of that animated character and just dialing it up to eleven. So I love the Legally Blonde films uh, all around. Uh, my number seven would have been a sports movie called Rudy. Um, oh, yeah. It's an under underdog story that the majority of it takes place on the Notre Dame campus, and it is based on a true story about a, an underdog who finally gets to play in a in a Notre Dame football game, which. I'm not sure in Australia if you guys are aware, but you know Notre Dame football in America is just an institution. Um, no, and it's like really. one, one of the most storied historical institutions, especially in college football. And for him to be able to accomplish that um, by not really being, you know, a football, he, he didn't have the physique for it, but he had the heart for it. So the story plays on his heart and his dedication. So Rudy would be my number seven. My number eight would be old school, which you already mentioned. I oh, love okay. that. My number nine uh, is one that did not get mentioned, but I love, especially the original. I did like the sequel as well, but my number nine would be Pitch Perfect, which I don't, okay. I would, I wouldn't call it a musical, but it's kind of towing that line where it could be seen as such. I think it would be easily be called a music movie, though. Um, but I, I love Pitch Perfect. I feel like it's a feel good, a feel good rom com that takes place on a campus. And then my number ten is a rare gem that n- no one has seen. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if you have seen it, but it came okay. out in nineteen. It came out in nineteen ninety four. It stars Josh Charles, Stephen Baldwin, and Lara Flynn Boyle. But it's a movie called Threesome. Threesome. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Long time nice. ago. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so glad you've seen it. Um, so it's a it's a weird premise, but her name is Alex, the girl, and they just mistake her for a male, I guess, because of her name, and they end up putting her in a dorm room with these two dudes. So one of them is kind of bi curious, kind of hinted that he might be gay in the movie, mm-hmm. and then you have and then you have Stephen Baldwin, who's this like over masculine like frat dude. Do you know what I mean? So the, and then she's a girl, obviously. So the three of them are very very different people, and they just start out as enemies, and they kind of form this bond. And as the title would would allude to, they eventually end up in a threesome together, which is what happens. But they're also a threesome of, of friends on this college campus. So it's kind of an underseen, underrated movie, in my opinion. But I like that movie. So I figured I would throw it on here in my I honorable mentions. I think it's that film which has a classic quote from Stephen Baldwin's character. He's like, sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. Yes. Yes, that is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love, I love this movie, man. So uh, threesome. I hope people people check it out. All right. So we're going to head over to social media, Paul, and we're going right, to see what the fans fans had to say and uh, wrap up the episode. You know, I'll start over on Twitter. So let's see. The top five podcast has got a classic gif of Will Ferrell from old school. It's the one when oh, okay. he chugs, chugs yep. the beer. Yep. Yep. Uh, so our buddy Sam, who's going to be a guest on the show very soon for me. Nice. From movie reviews and 20 Qs, he's got the social network, and he actually tagged Epic Film Guys in that. So he's, <laughs> he wants everybody to know that. And then he says, everybody wants some and old school. Did you ever see everybody wants some? That's one that I haven't seen. I have hated it. Hate it. It's, oh. just, it's just a nothing film with no character development. And I think I'm genuinely shocked that so many people love that film. I think people just hear the word Richard Linklater and they just harden up at, at the thought that he directed it. But to me, it well, was a waste of time. It's a shame to hear you see that because that's one that's been on my watch list for a while because I love Days of Confused and I heard it's kind of like an 80s version of that, which would yeah. be right up my alley. But I like Days of Confused so much more and I can't tell you why. 
other than the fact that it felt like there was some kind of movement to the to the main characters and days confused. Whereas this one, I was just like over the case, over the course of a weekend, couldn't mm-hmm. give a shit about any of them. It just was blah. Okay, uh, let's see. Doug from Good Times Great Movies has got Final Exam, which is a really cheesy '80s horror Ooh. movie. But I I do have a soft spot for that one. You ever see that one? I think I did, but I cannot remember any details. So let's just say I haven't. Fair enough. Uh, Word Salad Radio has got Social Network, Monsters mm-hmm. University, yeah. The Water Boy. The Water Boy's a good one. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Happy Death Day and Dear White People is uh, their top five. Okay. Let's see. Michelle D., the aforementioned patron who picked mm-hmm. this topic for us, says that she's got to give some love to the 80s, so she has a gift from Real Genius starring Val Kilmer. Oh, God. Okay. You, you a fan of that one or no? I think I've seen it, but again, so long. Is that like about top six? It's about... Uh, really smart babies you know what no. i haven't seen it forever but i don't think babies no, mix- are involved but he is no, a i'm genius. mixing it up i'm mixing it up no yeah i can't remember the exact plot but i know that uh val sorry Kimmer michelle is just like over the <laughs> yeah michelle we gotta do our homework on that one but thank you for the shout out uh gidget von larue has dead poet society with robin okay. williams yep it's a good one uh that's kind of like a private boarding school and i want to say they yeah. may have been high school i age, feel like but, it was high school too uh but obviously a great film accepted uh, MDX Pods shouted out a movie called Accepted. Did you ever see that one? That's the one where the guys, I think, make their own college oh. because they could because they couldn't get into university. Nope. I'm so they that like one. they like apply to have their own school, and then people start signing up for it. I think that's what that one is. The Cinema Guys, our buddy Brad over there, has got Real Genius, Rules of Attraction, and PCU, mm-hmm. which was on my list. Mm-hmm. Corey Tatum on Twitter has Revenge of the Nerds. What do you think of that? It's a classic '80s film. It's classic. I think it has. You watch it now; it has a lot of problems. So it's kind <laughs> sure, of why yeah. I steer clear of that one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Corey also mentions Higher Learning and School Days. Well, higher learning. learning. John Go Singleton, ahead. right? It is. Yeah. Mm. Higher Learning is one that I just rewatched last week, and uh, it doesn't hold up to me. Like okay. it's not as good as some other Singleton works, in my opinion, as far as like longevity and you know lasting. But I mean, it's good, especially if you look at it, you know, and what's going on today with the black community and things like that, because it does really kind of explore the racial tension between like white people and black people. But even on something as simple as like on a college campus that still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, so it does uh, bring up a lot of important, you know, issues for you to kind of observe. But just like the acting and like, I don't know, it just didn't hold up as much. Like Lawrence Fishburne's great in it. And his uh, he plays one of the professors and his performance is similar to what we would see him in today. But aside from that, it's a little outdated, kind of like overacting in some cases. So in my opinion, in my opinion, but it's a good movie. Um, Let's see. uh, Be the Solution has got PCU, Real Genius and Mona Lisa Smile. Mona Lisa Smile is not one that we have mentioned yet. Nope. And geez, Real Genius getting a lot of mentions. That seems to it be is. the popular pick. It is. That's a good 80s flick, man. Uh, we didn't talk about Animal House. So David Thompson mentioned Animal House. And I know it got some mentions on Facebook as well. How do you feel about that one? That's a classic. Still haven't seen it. Wow. Sorry, David Powell. Wow. Holmes Movies also shouting out Animal House and Happy Death Day. So he agrees with me there. Mm-hmm. So let's head over to Facebook and we'll wrap up over there, Paul. Guys, please join up to the Facebook fan community if you have not already. As Paul will tell you, that is where I interact with our fans the most. For sure. Let's see what we got on Facebook, man. So these guys are great. The loyals over there. Justin from the Epic Film Guy says 100% Animal House, and he also would give an honorable mention to Dead Man on Campus. Are you familiar with that one? Only by title. That's one I don't think I've seen. 
I've seen it, but it's been so long that I can't remember it. I got to be honest. Uh, but I feel like I did enjoy it. Let's see. Our our buddy Doug said, PCU, the program, blue chips, and everybody wants some. There you go, Paul. <laughs> More everybody wants some love. And blue chips. Blue chips is one of the single worst cinema going experiences I've ever had in my entire life, where the two people to up and behind me to my right felt the need to talk their entire way through the film about what was happening on screen. Like, you know, did he just do that? Is that happening to this? Wow, that oh, means this. Man, that is a bummer. That's why I love the Alamo Draft House here, man, because they, they prohibit talking. If you talk, they ask you to leave. It's my perfect theater experience every man. time. If I ever uh, make it to the States, if I ever allowed to leave this country and do so, then uh, I need to hit an Alamo then. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll hit the one up local to me. Just come to North Carolina, man. I'll take Sounds care of Sounds good. <laughs> I know Wayne wants to come too. He wants to see some of the Carolina girls down here. He told, <laughs> he, he told me already. Uh, let's see. Katie Ward, a friend of the show, says legally blonde. So I, we both kind of agree with her there. Mm-hmm. Travis Crawford uh, has PCU. Josh Hallmark, who I did not know. I, he surprised me by shouting it out, but he said scream too. Yeah. So jo- Josh Hallmark is right there with us. Melissa from Brook Reading says the house bunny, which is one that we have not mentioned yet. Did you ever see the house bunny? No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I, didn't, Sorry, I, was hoping you, <laughs> I was hoping you would have some commentary on it because I haven't seen that one either. Chris Yaney, good friend of the show and patron to the show, says, How high? Animal House, Dear White People, Legally Blonde, and Old School. He says, Although technically the house is adjacent to campus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. I love Chris's dedication to these lists. Uh, Let's see. I'll just do a couple more, Paul. Uh, Drew, good friend of the show and also a patron of the show, says, He has a couple that we didn't mention, so let me talk about those. He says, Urban Legend and Drumline. Urban Legend, I seriously gave some thought to and yeah look probably should have been on my list ahead of a couple of the other ones there i'll be honest good pick drew yeah i agree tony vanden bush says the blind side with uh, sandra bullock she's not sure if there's enough time spent on campus i think that's probably at least half but uh you know i'd have to go back and watch it but i do love that movie are you a fan of the blind side i haven't seen it american football films i've seen very few of them because we just don't have it over here whereas i watch any baseball film any basketball film because at least i'm familiar with that sport I'm going to end on our buddy Daniel Henderson uh, from the movie Journey because I know you're going to like it. So, first of all, he surprised me because he says he doesn't think he's seen too many. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you haven't seen that many college set (laughs) films? Uh, So, I think he's probably seen more than he knows. But he says everybody wants some is his one mention, Paul. Oh, God, Daniel. What's going on? (laughs) But look, you know what? I'm the odd man out here now because if Daniel and Sam are both into it, then you should absolutely check it out and see what you think because clearly... That's two out of three of relatively <laughs> similar tastes like it. Paul, you're a good dude, man. You know, we had a little faux pas on the no, no, on the countdown today, and we had to stop the recording and redo it. And uh, You're a good sport, man, and I always love when you come on. Everybody that's listening to my show must know, but just in case they don't, because every <laughs> once in a while I'll throw you guys a new listener, sure. uh, which I know has happened in the last couple of years. So why don't you yep. tell the folks where they can find you and Wayne, man? Uh, type in the countdown movie and TV reviews in your Google search engine and if you're looking for a not safe for work kind of top tens about film and television where we mercilessly give each other shit about our choices then that's basically our show so it's a uh, Gerald does a, a much more what's the word clean show is that a nice way nah, put it I mean I guess so because I don't have Wayne yeah <laughs> so, it's, so it's by default cleaner I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean Everything you said, guys, look him up. It is, his information will be in the show notes. But if for some reason you have not checked out Paul and Wayne yet, uh, please do so. They also have a great back catalog with a lot of episodes and 
Rarely doing, rarely doing TV, but uh, most of the time they're doing movies. But I listen every week. It's one of my favorite shows. So if you guys you, like man. my show, you should definitely check out their show as well. All right. Thank you, Joe. That's very kind of you. Thanks for having me on again today. It's a pleasure always coming back to talk films with you, as I said at the top. And uh, that hasn't changed today. And I'm sure we'll do a lot more crossing over in the months and years to come. Hell yeah, brother. So, Paul, thank you so much. And next week, guys, we'll be back with another top five for you and another P on the pod. Talk to you soon, brother. You too, man. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening. <laughs>